Hi, I'm Ren. I'm Sam. I'm Tosh. And, and we're, we're the, the T Swift sisters. Welcome back to the T Swift Sisters podcast, a Taylor Swift fan podcast for Swifties by Swifties. In today's episode, we're talking Taylor Swift at the Kansas City Chiefs wildcard game and how she interacted with the crowd, plus an update on last week's registered Taylor Swift debutation songs. Here's this week's Swift Scoop. Okay, so definitely the biggest hap in the last week is Taylor Swift at the Kansas City versus Miami Dolphins wildcard game. A little bit of an emotional game for us Miami girls, you know, not that I know if any of you are Dolphins fans and personally I'm not. So like, it's a little bit emotional, but like not really. I guess like my boyfriend is a huge Dolphins fan. So that's where the emotion comes in. But lo and behold, it was truly Taylor Swift's game. It was not the Kansas City Chiefs game. It was the Kansas City Taylor Swift's versus the (laughs) Miami Dolphins because of just everything that went down over the weekend. And I think with that, we have to start with the iconic jacket that Miss Swift stepped out in because I don't think the world was prepared for it. Like, I was watching the pregame, literally, like, pre-game football and the commentators were like oh my god what is she wearing like we can't believe it they originally thought it was nike but we now know that it was actually designed by a small business clothing designer her name is Kristen. natasha do you know i know oh man if <laughs> natasha doesn't know then i for sure don't know so i'm really <laughs> sorry Kristen. i'm gonna butcher your last name but i'm gonna say just a sick that's what i'm gonna say just a sick i think is a, a good uh you know, yes, but she is the wife of a 49ers fullback. So a girly who's a 49ers fan made this jacket for Miss Swift, you know, so it could be tea later on. But basically what happened here, and I just want to talk about it a little because we had some questions ourselves of how Taylor got this jacket, where it came from. So Kristen is a, she kind of takes like thrifted clothes, old vintage clothes and like makes new styles. Love it. Typically does it for the 49ers. I guess in the past, she's made um, something for Brittany Mahomes, which is the wife of Patrick Mahomes, who is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. And she sent a jacket personalized for Brittany. I'm not sure. It's not very clear if Brittany ordered it mm-hmm. or she like just sent it to Brittany. And she was kind of like, I'm just going to, you know, go for it and she made one for taylor i want to know like how she found out her size but whatever she made one for taylor and also sent it with britney's package hope hoping that like taylor was going to show up wearing the outfit and little did we know little did kristen know she stepped out wearing this one-of-a-kind unique collective piece and just the whole world went wild i love it it was made if you watch the video we shared it on our stories but if you go to kristen's page you can actually see the process of her making it with old Travis Kelsey jerseys kind of like sewed up into this jacket. I love it. I love it. What did you guys think? What were your first reactions to the jacket? Um, I thought it was iconic. I'm loving... Was it iconic or was it iconic? Iconic. Duh. Different (laughs) levels. (laughs) I think we can all agree it was iconic. Um, I love like the repurposed look and I love how she actually made it very like kind of like 
added personal touches, like even on in the video that you shared or that we shared of, of the making of it, like the way that her name is even on the jacket as the brand, like it's just so cool and like great for the environment. So we're here for it. But I also just love, and this is like a side note, um, just the development of the number 87 that Taylor has sported and how it went from like baby bracelet 87 to like ginormous jacket like no shame name on the on her back like it's just like iconic really (laughs) yes I was just gonna say that and also like I think some people were surprised that she'd sport his like number that large but if you are a Swifty or you have been a Swifty for a long time you know that from literally call it what you want she talks about wanting to wear a necklace with her boyfriend's initial so what's like what is the number one thing that you have to do when you are supporting a football player is rep their number and she's just gonna rep it in the biggest way possible right and then not only that it's the whole Mary song of it all. I'll be 87, you'll be 89. And now she's repping 87. So we just like can't wait for Travis to rep 89 when the time comes, you know? <laughs> I need to see him in some 1989 merch, truly. What did you think of the jacket, Sammy? Yeah, no, I thought it was so cool that she wore something, you know, that wasn't necessarily, you know, big brand name, you know, the flashy logo, you know, it again good sourcing made from, you know, recyclable things. And I love that it was just like on a whim, like, let me just add this in the package, see if she'll wear it. And she did. And that just shows how amazing she is. Like she can surprise us. You never know. And of course, seeing his name so big and bold on the jacket, Mm -hmm. especially when she like takes pictures next to Brittany Mahomes, like you can really see like both of them with the names on the back. I don't know it's it's really cute i love it i love this era of taylor and it could just be because it's the nfl but also maybe not so who knows but speaking of the progression of the size of the 87 number and the small businesses and repurposing and all of that the 87 bracelet was actually from a small business as well the 87 hat the hat with the little 87 stitch in was a small business as well so we love Taylor supporting small local businesses. There was another outfit that she wore that was like vintage Kansas City Chiefs gear from like a local kind of, I guess, bougier thrift shop. I think that's the one that like Travis closed down and like they spent like $2,000 in the store. So I love that. I love that she's giving back to the Kansas City community. Like they are so blessed to now have a queen, really. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I love that. Sammy, take it away for us. Tell us about everything that happened at the game. Lots of stuff. So remember how we were talking about what we would do if we saw Taylor in a non-meet-and-be public setting? Well, we kind of got some insight into that from two cheese fans by the names of Beth Bansel and Betsy Nacrelli. Um, and they gave us, you know, a sneak peek of what went down on the January 13th playoff game. So uh, Betsy and Beth from St. Louis, Missouri, uh, were lucky enough to have the chance to sit in front of Taylor at the game. And they were kind of, you know, making up their own game plan strategy as to 
how they're going to interact with her and, and meet her. So um, basically they were waiting to see how Taylor would interact with her, with their like seat neighbors. So the people around them to kind of get an in, which I love, like, let's scope out how she's like fan interacting here right now. Um, they passed some high fives, did some jokes, did some like game predictions. And when Beth got one of her game predictions right, Taylor called her their good luck charm. And which I was like, oh, I if that was me, I would just faint. I would pass out. Of that. <laughs> I love that for her. And then getting into how Beth got the scarf. Well, as we know, it was extremely cold at the game this past weekend. Um, at kickoff, it was around like negative four. Um, and of course, since Taylor was in the box, fans were outside. Taylor gave her the scarf saying that she would need it as her good luck, good luck charm. Kind of like we're protecting you as our good luck charm, keeping you warm. But basically, she said Taylor was super down to earth. Very, She seemed very close to Donna Kelsey. They seemed like they were besties, really just having a great time. And she posted some of the pictures that she took with the scarf and with Taylor and, and Brittany Mahomes. And people online were already offering her money for the scarf. Some people as high as $500. So... That's pretty wild. But what would what would you guys do if you were in that situation? Like what would be your your game plan as to okay, how do we get Taylor's attention? That's so <laughs> funny that you mention it because as I mentioned like a few minutes ago, my boyfriend is a Dolphins fan and the tickets to this game were actually relatively cheap. It was like $70 for tickets to the game. And I had been having a conversation with my dad about like how I was hoping that we were going to go or like I was honestly hoping at the beginning that the that the Dolphins were going to win the game before and they were going to host the game here and like Taylor would potentially be coming and then there would have been no question about that. But to go over there, like I will travel anywhere on a whim. Kansas City, sure. Like, let's see it. Who knows, you know, just see something different for a change. And I kind of didn't say anything to see if like he would bring it up at all. And during the game, he turns around and he's like, you know, I really wanted to go to the game. I was going to ask you for us to go. And I was like, dude, like, I wouldn't have said anything. Like, I don't care. I'll go. And he was like, the reason we didn't go was because the flights from Miami to Kansas City were like $800. So like the tickets to the game were super cheap, but it was the flight that was like just too much for us. So we were kind of talking about like what we would have done if we had accidentally bought seats in front of Taylor Swift's box and like she interacted with us. And I told him that if that had happened to me, I was sitting in that position and like Taylor was behind me. I probably would have self-launched like from from the lower bowl onto the field. Like I can't deal with this. I'm just like goodbye, like self-launch. <laughs> So that's like my initial thought. But I think there was somebody like I saw a bunch of people with signs. And I think I would have made like a double sided sign because I wasn't going to know where Taylor was sitting. So like something that said something on the front, and then maybe on the back, like, been a Swifty since 2006, like, love you, Tay, we will stay something that would like, let her know that I was actually a, a real Swifty, not like, you know, the just here for Taylor, like, I wanted her to know it was something deep, right? Right. So that maybe she would see that and like, 
I could get like a selfie with her or like imagine getting the scarf. I don't even know. I think I would probably just also cry the entire time. Truly. Especially Beth. So I learned that Beth had gone to rep stadium tour. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure for her, you know, not just as a Chiefs fan, but she's, you know, she now has a story of interacting with Taylor and having something of hers to hold on to. I mean, that's, insane yeah what about you tosh um i think like if let's say like we were sitting like directly in front of like the box where taylor was i feel like i'd like record us celebrating like a touchdown or something and then like turn around and like like something about like i would wait until a moment of like celebration to like not make it awkward and then be like by the way like <laughs> you're amazing or something like that <laughs> or like hi it's it's ren sam and tosh here from the t-swift sisters <laughs> like just some little plug of like, oh, we're just filming, you know, the the happy little day we're having. And then like we turn around and talk to her. But yeah, I can't imagine Taylor Swift calling us like her good luck charm or like truly giving us something. Like I feel like I would definitely be able to die happy and that would be all I need in life. Like I'd be happy just having a conversation with her. But like the next level is her complimenting you back in that way. And then the next level is her giving you a tangible object. Like that would probably be like best case scenario. Yeah. And like you mentioned the the self plug there and it kind of, it brings up the question for me, like if the three of us were sitting there and we're like interacting with Taylor, like basically the entire game, because it feels like they interacted with her for a good minute. Like at first we we're like, yeah, we're really big Swifties. Like we, we love your music. We've been to every show, like since debuted, yada, yada, yada. And then like celebrating, oh my God, you guys are my good luck charm. And then all of a sudden, like, do we turn around and be like, Hey, by the way, we're so big of fans that we have a podcast about you. Well, I feel like it would be cool to like bring it up and then be like, can you say something to the fan? Like, Almost like, let's post, is it okay if we post you on our story, like on the T-Swift story? And like, that would be like a a weird plug, but like, we're saying it because we want to post you and want to ask if you're okay with it sort of thing. Okay. I don't know. I feel like that's where the setting matters. So if I was at the football game, I would definitely not do that. If You would not? No. If it was a meet and greet type of situation, yes, because I don't want... It kind of like goes back to, okay, what's like like too much in the public setting. So because we're there for a football game, I don't want to make it seem like I'm just going to like fangirl and drool over you this whole time. And like nothing else is going on in the world when like really it's a football game, like the time and place type of thing. Because then it's like, I feel like it'd be, it it wouldn't flow right. It wouldn't fit right with, with what's happening. Like, yeah, talking about the game predictions and like celebrating whatnot that like fits the vibe like I'm sure Beth didn't tell her oh I loved you at at the rep stadium tour like you were so good like there was just no time for that kind of stuff you know I get that but I also think like like we're not we like technically in her eyes let's say or in her mind like we didn't get those specific tickets just because we wanted to be close with her like it would have been chance so like that makes it more casual I think like I, I get what you're saying because I agree that like the the situation itself feels very normal and casual. So it's almost like just part of the conversation, like which is why I kind of said like 
yeah, we're huge fans. Like we've been fans of you forever. And then like watch the game for a while. And like something happens, we interact again. By the way, like before the night ends, we just really wanted you to know, like we actually have a podcast about how much we love you. Can we take a selfie and share it with our, our followers, our listeners? Like, would you be cool with that? I feel like that wouldn't be too far. Like I, because you have I, a long period of time of interaction, like hours. So that's it's not why, like, yeah. I was just gonna say, I would, I would personally feel more comfortable doing that in that setting versus a meet and greet. In the meet and greet, I'm gonna be like, I've been a fan of you forever. I love you. Let's take a picture, and then they're probably already kicking you out, so yeah. that the next group gets in. Maybe the only other opportunity truly would be like in a album listening session and I think by that point Taylor Nation already knows that we have a podcast because they've personally invited us to attend so it's still different like I I, I think I have well to that's what I meant like one. by context wise not like necessarily the length of time of the event like if it's a Taylor Swift event yes but like given everything with like the controversy of Taylor at football games and whatnot and also like the like sorry Donna Kelsey excuse me let me just talk to Taylor real quick like I don't know I just feel like time and place for everything if if it's like within the context of the situation like I'd be down to do it but I know like it's a sensitive time right now with you know I don't know just like a lot of different factors I think like it's a good conversation to have and I think like it's good to differ in like what in opinions, like I think at the end of the day, like if if we're not going to bombard, we we're not the type of fans to ever like bombard her or like almost like infiltrate or like ruin an event for her or make it about something it's not. But like, I, I do think that like, because it's a football game and you like have a designated seat, you're not like trying to stay in close proximity with her to do a shameless plug to like tell her all about us and the podcast or whatever. Like, I think we could find a time to do a little shameless plug. And I'm sure like it wouldn't be like taken negatively. But like, yeah, I think I also don't I think like I'm cool with it now. And like when we talk about it, I'd be like, yeah, I I would find a way to talk about it. But also like, who knows if we're actually in that situation and like it's that's not the vibe, then that's not the vibe. You know, I think like definitely know when you're there and what it's like. And I think that being said, too, you make a good point about it being the football game and like a designated seat. As somebody who's been to plenty of football games, watches a lot of football games, so much of football, like literally every two minutes, they're not on the field because they're like a timeout, they're switching, like running off the field. Like that's a a perfect opportunity. Two minutes is all it takes. Like, and it's not that we're going to turn around and and give a TED talk on our podcast about Taylor Swift. It's like, hey, just letting you know, like, we love you so much. This is our podcast. You don't even have to listen to it. Like, we just love you so much that we want to let you know that we're actually doing that. And I think if you, like, try to bring in the controversy of the dads, brads, and chads, I don't think it measures up because, like, it's not about them at that moment. Like, you're there for the game and also Taylor Swift is behind you. Like, they're not – she doesn't worry about them while she's there, so I don't think that we would need to. And, like, that's, like, an NFL thing of, like – on social media and stuff like that. So I don't think it would really affect the situation. And also last thing that I want to say about it, like in terms of my opinion, is that she was sitting there with the window open. She's been to plenty of games where she sat with the window down 
or like she was there with the window down and then chose to open the window and interact with people that makes it Mm -hmm. like that's saying hey yeah talk to me like I'm here I can hear you I'm reaching out giving high fives like I'm interacting, you can interact with me. Like, I think if she didn't want the interaction, she didn't want like people talking to her, you're sitting, there's tons of girls there. Someone's bound to be a Taylor Swift fan. And I think she knows that. And I think if she didn't want the interaction, she didn't want to hear what people had to say. She would have just closed the window and not talked to anybody. I think like, would it be the first thing we talk about? No. Would I do it if I wasn't sitting directly in front of her? Probably not either. Like I wouldn't bring up the pod. I might like turn around and try to interact if I was like a few rows, but like I would never bring up a full on combo about our pod or anything unless I was like right in front and it was like not a Mm -hmm. awkward little way of plugging it but yeah I love the person sign that said thank you for cardigan that was so real the moral of the story Beth and Betsy had a great time and now she has a scarf as a you know memory of this event and I thought that was also great because it's kind of like reaching out you know even though she's in a box separate from everyone like she really kind of you know made that connection with with people outside and that was a great story of a fan interaction okay before we get on to our last story or actually not before we get on to our last story we are jumping on our last story i want to give an update on our deputation deputation whatever we call it now i think it's deputation um but last week if you listen to last week's episode we talked about these songs that were re what is it called? I continue forgetting what it's called. Re-registered. Re-registered on the database, as in like they're kind of coming out again. And we kind of theorized that some could be debut, some could be reputation. We tried to break down each song individually, see what was what. One of our eagle-eyed listeners sent us a DM and they told us to go to this website. It's actually like a Wikipedia for Taylor Swift. It's called Swiftopedia. So we're going to have to do more research on that and like see what we can get in there. But basically they have a database of every single one of Taylor Swift's songs, everything that she's registered, recorded, lyrics, like they, it's Wikipedia, but for Taylor Swift. So she was like, hey, one of the songs that you guys mentioned is on this Swiftopedia page and it was recorded in 2005. And I was like, oh, okay like gotta look into that and she's like another song that you mentioned also was also on there so like take a look and I was like all right so before we like we're getting ready for today's episode and like taking notes and all of that stuff I went ahead and looked up every single song that we talked about last week that was registered and guys our reputation debut it was just clownery to another level. <laughs> it was stretch. It was stretch. It was absolutely not fetch, completely stretch. Every single one of these songs was recorded between the years 2003 mm-hmm. to 2005. So mm-hmm. every single one is a debut song. Another fetch or stretch question, though, do we think that she did all of these songs to throw us off? Because just because she registers them does not necessarily mean they're going to be on on like Taylor's version. You get what I'm saying? Um, are you saying that they they won't be released or that they could be on another album? No, not on another album. I think if these songs are released, they're going to be released as debut Taylor's version or Taylor Swift Taylor's version. My question is like, there are so many here. I think it could be super stretched, but like, I'm just going to throw it out there. You never know. Like what if she sent all these songs 
to like get re-registered because she just wanted to throw us off as to what the actual vault tracks are going to be. So we're like, oh, these are definitely the vault tracks when she's just like re-registering a bunch of names of other stuff that like is really going to be on debut. Probably stretch, right? Or like to throw us off and make us think that debut is coming. Yeah, it could be that. Or like, because I'm thinking like I'd lie isn't in here. Um, crazier, like that kind of stuff. So I'm like, maybe she throws out all of these songs, but then what, what is actually going to be the vault tracks is like, I'd lie that X, Y, Z, maybe a few songs from here. Maybe not. I don't know. It could just be me like projecting that I really, really (laughs) want I'd lie on debut TV. And like, I'm like, okay, this is the only way it's going to (laughs) happen. I don't know. Out of out of trying to get like all of all of her re-releases, trying to guess like what she's doing. I feel like right now, I feel like the most clown because I'm really lost. Like I don't know what's coming first at this point. I don't know what's on what album. She's just messing with us. Totally understandable, but yeah. Well, I think we definitely know that these would be debut songs no matter what. Right. Because they're recorded 2003 to 2005. Like there's, I'm sorry, but there's no way none of them are on, any of them are on rep, especially because on the Swiftipedia, and I'll link it in today's episode description so that you guys can go and check out and look up whatever you want to find out about Taylor Swift there. Search your own songs, that kind of stuff. A lot of these songs have the lyrics available so you can read them too. But they all, like the genre for all of them is country. So we definitely know it's a country album. Obviously, debut's a country album, time time and place kind of thing. Like, it was very much 2005, 2006, that stuff. So that's fetch. That's not a stretch. But, like, does it mean that debut's coming sooner? Like, that's the whole thing. I don't know. Because we haven't made any of this progress with rep. Right? I know. Exactly. That's why I'm so lost. I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah. Maybe, like, um, does I'd Lie have to be re-registered if, like, it's a song that we've heard and has, like, technically sort of been released? You're saying, like, OG version? Like, yeah, like I'd Lie is a song that a lot of Swifties already know about slash has kind of been released. So like maybe it just doesn't have to be re-released into that website and like it could still be a vault track. But it definitely has to be re-registered because it's the song is now I'd Lie Taylor's version. It's not I'd Lie anymore. Different title, mm, different it. like production. Yeah. Separate from... Oh, wow. I'd Lie. Okay, fun little fact about I'd Lie. Also, it has four versions. It says on this uh, Swiftopedia, it says artist Taylor Swift, released, unreleased. Uh, That would have been like the date it was released. Recorded 2005, 2006, 2007 through 2008. Genre, country. I don't know. I'd Lie is a song about a boy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm seriously... Like, there's going to be an issue. I'm going to have an issue if if this song is not released on debut TV and it's not, I don't think, I think it's fetch that I have an issue about it. It doesn't have to be a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Permanent marker. That should be on debut as well. What were you going to say, Sammy? Maybe like for these, we just won't get any Easter eggs about it. Like it'll just be bam, here it is. And that's just me hoping it'll end in the final the final product of debut Taylor's version. But like maybe we there is not gonna be any indication is what I'm saying. Like 
We're not going to get any crumbs. So there's 15 tracks on debut plus 13 vault tracks. And then we still don't have I'd Lie, Crazier, Permanent Marker there. No way. There, it, something has to be something has to be wrong here in order for like this to work. Because I don't even think she'd release 13 vault tracks. But what's the most vault tracks we've gotten? That's it was like red, right, right? I think it was red or fearless. Yeah, one of those two. Unless she does like different drops and like I like with Midnight's okay this is the blah 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 edition with this song and then this is the deluxe that has this song and this song so Red has the most vault tracks with a total of nine already from nine to 13 is a huge jump on an album that has 15 songs do you think she'd ever release like an album that wasn't released with that question doesn't make sense. Do you know what, what I'm trying to get at? The, like, the, like the EP, like uh, the yeah, like the a vault that EP. has beautiful eyes, whatever. I was thinking that too when Sammy said like maybe she does the whatever editions, like maybe she does an extra one of the EP. But I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to know like what she's thinking. And I think I think somebody who's so invested in their fandom slash community, like she has to know that we all want I'd lie, like. If any song, like that is the one song collectively that everybody is like, please release, which is why I'm like thinking that maybe this whole thing is to just throw us off. You know what I'm saying? So what would happen with these? I don't know. Maybe she only selects a few of them because they didn't make it the first round. Like what's going to make them good enough to make it the second round? Because I think it was 1989 that she originally said that there were like 100 tracks that she wrote or something from 1989. Like, there's, like, an excessive amount of 1989 tracks that she wrote. And we know that only, what is it, five vault tracks were selected. So not necessarily every song has to be a vault track. Right. And, like, artists have unreleased music all the time. Like, just because she releases vault tracks doesn't mean that there's not other songs in existence that she hasn't released. But also, like, then why are you re-registering them? Like, what is your purpose with them if it's to just not put them on any out? Like... There has to be a reason she's re-registering them. That's why my theory, fetch or stretch, is that it's to throw us off. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to say fetch for myself. You guys can say stretch. But that is my personal theory. I'm like, the only way that this makes sense is that it's like to just throw us off. To make them think that, oh, this is what they're getting on debut. And like maybe debut is the one that she's not necessarily working the hardest on, but like doing the most for because it's taking back that first album. So she's like, okay, we're gonna like, it's the last of the re-recordings, it's this and that, like we're gonna go full speed with debut and it's gonna be just like absolutely perfect. It's a stretch, isn't it? (laughs) I think some are gonna make it onto vault tracks. I I don't know if all. Yeah, I think some too. I, I can't, I can't ride the wave that all of them will go. I agree. But yeah, I agree. I'm just trying to like make reason of this list because I keep thinking about what you're saying. of like, there has to be a purpose. It's also hard because like we're in the day and age where we have access to this. Like back then we wouldn't have known like what was re-registered and what the unreleased music you know, in the music world is what's happening with that unreleased music. But now we have like track names and years and, you know, what's going to happen with these tracks? Maybe some could be used for like movies or shows, kind of like what's been going on as of lately. 
And then some for the album, just trying to throw out it. <laughs> and then, like you said, some for like different versions, like the Target exclusive has one. Yeah. The, you know, whatever version of debut has three more songs. Maybe, you know, okay, this is a stretch probably, but going back to our theory of the Disney Plus Taylor Swift collection backstage all access pass every single tour recorded or the era's tour documentary or the re-recordings documentary let's say she's looking through the songs again recording the songs again seeing what works what doesn't in order for those songs to be in the documentary as like songs whatever she has to register them so like let's say this song rain song she goes back to it, records it. It's like in the episode of her re-recording debut and she ends up being like, you know what? I'm not going to include this song on the album. At the end, it still has to be registered in order to appear in the movie so, or like the docu-series kind of thing. So maybe that's what happens here too. I agree that's with That's a good that. point. Yeah. Oh, well. Yes. <laughs> that's so fetch. <laughs> She's but, like, I don't know. It could be so many things. And only time yeah. will tell. But I just had to update on, like, our clownery from last week. But, I but almost feel like I almost feel like it was right there in front of us. And we spent, like, 45 minutes clowning about it. But let's just give it kudos to us for knowing Sweet Tea and God's Graces was on debut. Kudos <laughs> to us. <laughs> I have to say, we, we got one, two, three, four five six right out of 12 out of 12 okay and some of us got more than others but i wrote them in as half so i'm not going to go back and see who picked what so some of us scored a little better than others yeah probably me you know tosh there was one who i've always been you and i voted rep and samantha voted debut so she scored higher on uh, that one. <laughs> you probably did a typo it was probably my name <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to give that little update and also like cool little shameless plug to this website I mean we're gonna have to really start diving deep into it and seeing what we can find on there but like yeah you know, that'd be cool to like do a do right it could be a cool pod episode of like things we find on this website that we didn't know about yeah Yeah. that would be really cool we'll have to like look just look into it spend a day kind of searching in there and seeing what we come up with but i just wanted to include that little tidbit and i think yeah and it kind of adds to our clownery and like i think this year is going to be the year of figuring out when we get debut and reputation slash ts11 like there is so much coming this year I was about to say, I'm glad the clownery continues, keeps oh, us humble. For sure. Right. It super right. keeps us humbled. Like, <laughs> we we were given too much when we were right about guessing 1989 closing the Eras tour that now we just have to go straight back into clownery. And there's just so many possible, like, explanations. Like, there's Rep, there's Debut TV, there's TS11, there's Versions, there's Disney Plus. Like, it's too much. Like, we're just trying our best to make sense of it all (laughs) yeah and that's the part of of having fun and being a swifty is just the clownery of it all it's okay if it doesn't come true or if like we look back on last week's episode and we were completely wrong i mean that's just what makes it fun so right we're we're the ones clowning on a platform where everyone else can listen (laughs) to the clowning so you're welcome (laughs) yeah if anybody's gonna look like fools it's us so 
<laughs> but that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of the Tiso Sisters podcast. Before we log off, please remember to follow our podcast on your listening platform by clicking the plus button next to our show. Give us a rating, download our episode so you can listen time and time again. Or like if you're going on an airplane and you want to listen to this week's episode, just download it and then it'll be available offline. Super cool. Follow us on social media for live TS news updates and so much more like fun pics. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at T Swift Sisters Pod or Twitter at T Swift Sisters. And thanks for savoring this week's Swift Scoop. We hope you've had your fill of all things Taylor Swift, and we will see you next week right here on the T Swift Sisters podcast. Bye.